out of town. We are in the middle of a series in the book of Acts. We've been doing this since January. So everybody's tired of it, but you're going to... No, I'm kidding. I think we're all still excited. I think it's all still really good. Um, so we're in the middle of Acts. Actually, we're on the home stretch. We're getting into 20s. And so we're going to be finishing here this summer uh, in this book. Awesome book, looking at the mission of God, the Missio Dei, God's mission. What are we here for? What is he doing? So I want to do kind of a unique message today. It's not very 4th of July-ish, but, but I think it's, it's right where we're at as we're going through this study. I'm just going to keep rolling, and I think I'm going to trust that it's what you need to hear this morning uh, from God's Word. So uh, one of the things Christian parents have to deal with, and I've felt this myself, is what do you do with pop culture, pop culture references to magic? What do you do with magic? Now, I know there's a couple different Strong reactions within the church when it comes to things that are magic. Um, reaction number one, and we can put this on the screen, is uh, very much a uh, uh, because the Bible rejects uh, because the Bible forbids magic. We reject anything magical in our culture. So that, that that could be anything. If it has any hint of magic, it's out. It's not good for your family. Don't do it. And, and they might quote something like Deuteronomy 18, which we'll put up here, uh, which says, There shall not be found among you anyone who burns his son or his daughter as an offering, anyone who practices divination or tells fortunes or interprets omens or a sorcerer. <clears throat> Next part. Uh, or a charmer or a medium or a wizard uh, or a necromancer. For whoever does these things is an abomination. There's a big word. is an abomination to the Lord. And because of these abominations, the Lord your God is driving them out from before you. So I get the picture in reading a verse like that, that, that God is listing all the different forms of magic, you know, sorcery, wizardry. I'm not talking about illusionists and magicians that come onto a stage and have a trick to do. I'm not talking about that. Just to be clear, kids, I'm not talking about that. Um, but I'm talking about all these different real forms of of magic, and, and I get the sense that when God lists them in a verse like this, He's saying, "I'm trying to cover everything. I'm trying to hit every magical element that you're going to have in ancient Israel that you're going to see, because all of it is an abomination, and it's not for my people. Don't do it. In fact, that's why I'm driving the nations out from among you, because I'm mad about what they're doing. Now, on the other hand, in the church. There are some people on the other side that might say, now wait a minute, I am not in favor of getting involved with demonic activity, real magic, I'm not in favor of that at all. But isn't a lot of the things in pop culture kind of harmless magic? I mean, really, isn't that what we see on TV? Isn't that what we read in books? And they might have a view like this, reaction number two. <clears throat> because pop culture is not performing Real magic, most of it is harmless. It's fake. It's supposed to be entertainment. Don't worry about it. Titus 1.15 says, To the pure, all things are pure. Right? So some of these things just don't seem to matter at all because I'm pure as it is. I follow Christ. I'm not, I'm not uh, getting part of, being part of a seance or I'm not casting a spell and the stuff that I read about is not real. So let me do a little slideshow for you, and uh, I want you to kind of, let's just do a little game. We'll call it uh, Magic, Good or Bad, okay? So I'm going to show a picture, and you can say whether you think it's good or bad, all right? 
you can say it out loud or you can say it inside or you can say, no way, you know, I, I, I don't care, you know. But um, I'll just show some images. Some of these things are good and you're going to find them even in a pastor's house. Some of these things I would never have in my house. It's just and Nothing will be scary. I'll just, I'll just put it there for you kids. Okay, well, let, let's go through the slideshow. There we go. Good or bad, Gandalf. He, he was at my house, yeah, right? Yeah, he's at my house. <laughs> um, I like Gandalf, you know? I'd say, like, good. He's a wizard. He's a wizard, right? Okay, uh, next one. You watch this, Ghost Hunters? I don't have cable, so I have no idea. But, you, you know, Ghost Hunters, good or bad? Next Halloween. Do you guys do Halloween? You 4th of July folks that are visiting, if you've ever been here for Halloween, it's epic in Three Lakes. I mean, really. There's nothing like the whole town going out trick-or-treating at once. I mean, good or bad, though? Because you know the roots of it. You know where it comes from, the pagan origins of it. Okay, okay, next. Long Island Medium. Again, I don't have cable, so I have no idea who this woman is, but... um, I think I've heard of her, you know. Do you, do you watch that? Do you get entertained by a medium? Is this something we do as a church? Okay, next. Harry, you knew Harry Potter was coming, right? Like, you knew, you knew that was going to happen. Now, I know people, I know parents that say, no way, not in my house. And I know some parents that say, are you kidding me? It's fake. It, it's, it's just entertainment. What's the big deal? My kids read the books. Okay. Harry Potter. All right, next. Ouija board. Oh, you all said bad. That was easy. That one was easy. Good job. <laughs> you will never find one of these in, in, in the Philia house. That, that will not, not happen. No, no way. Okay, next. Pokemon, what? You know, okay, Pokemon, you know, there's some magical elements there. I was waiting for all the kids to say yes, you know, but okay. Next. Horoscopes. You read your horoscope in the newspaper? You feel good about that? Okay, next. Palm reading. You ever had your palm read? Is that good? Is it bad? Entertainment. I hear bad. Next. Uh, Wicca. Oh, we're probably a little easier there, right? You know, But the book cover makes it look almost healthy, you know? Wicca, herbal. I know herbal means good, you know, but... Wicca, I think, means bad. It's not, I'm not supposed to do that, you know, but the herbal thing kind of draws you in a little bit. Uh, okay. And I think I might have one more. I saved the best for last, right? Oh, Star Wars. Yeah. Good? <laughs> okay. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> Kylo run bad. Star Wars good. Okay. Is that, is that what we're saying? Okay. All right. But it's a real thing. And at least some of those things on that list, I, I heard of louder no. You know, no, we don't, we don't get our palms red. No, we, we, we don't play with a Ouija board. You just don't do that. You don't open a door for demonic activity in your life. Don't, don't go there. Um, I want to look at Scripture, and I want to get some foundational principles for how we view magic. Now, maybe you've already settled the magic question in your heart. But I do have some applications for you at the end that I'd really like you to consider, even if you think you've got most of this resolved in your own mind. Keep your minds open. Grab a Bible. Go to Acts chapter 19. Acts 19. Okay. 
kids, your parents are going to get rid of the Pokemon and there's going to be weeping and gnashing of teeth and uh, they're all going to blame me. Niall did it. <laughs> um, Paul's on his missionary journeys and, and last week we looked at Priscilla and Aquila. Um, now we're looking at his ministry in Ephesus, the city of Ephesus. And some of the amazing things God did through the Apostle Paul in that city. Okay, so we're going to pick it up in verse 11. So we're in Acts 19, verse 11. Hopefully you found it. If you didn't get a Bible, there should be one in front of you in, in the seat. Uh, so turn there, get there, let's look at this together. Verse 11. God did extraordinary miracles through Paul. So that even handkerchiefs and aprons that had touched him were taken to the sick and their illnesses were cured, and the evil spirits left them. Some Jews who went around driving out evil spirits tried to invoke, that means use as as a magical spell almost, the name of the Lord Jesus over those who were demon-possessed. They would say, in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches, I command you to come out. Seven sons of Siva, a Jewish chief priest, We're doing this. One day the evil spirits answered them, Jesus I know, and Paul I know about, but who are you? Then the man who had the evil spirit jumped on them and overpowered them all. He gave them such a beating they ran out of the house naked and bleeding. When this became known to the Jews and the Greeks living in Ephesus, they were all seized with fear, and the name of the Lord Jesus was held in high honor. Many of those who believed now came and openly confessed what they had done, A number who had practiced sorcery brought their scrolls together and they burned them publicly. When they calculated the value of the scrolls, the total came to 50,000 drachmas. In this way, the word of the Lord spread widely and grew in power. So this is a good story, even though it's a a violent story in the middle of it. But it's actually good because God's word is going out, even in the midst of this fake stuff. So let's examine it a little more closely. I'm going to make a few points about the story so we can examine it in greater detail and make a few points about magic, okay? So if you're taking notes, and there should be a page in your, in your bulletins if you'd like to take notes with us this morning. Number one, let's say this about this story. Actually, hold off on point one. I want to say a couple of things about Paul because I just, I just realized this might seem a little bit odd to some of us. Okay, the first part of our text says in verse 11 that... Um, I want to make sure I just explain this to you because this is, this is very odd, isn't it? God is doing extraordinary miracles through Paul. Like, I get that. But that even handkerchiefs and aprons that Paul had touched are taken to the sick and they're made well and evil spirits are leaving them just based on Paul's handkerchief and his apron. And I think the idea here is there is such a powerful working of God in Ephesus. This is not the normal thing. I mean, I think that's the way I read it. You know, verse 11, God is doing extraordinary... like. Like, all miracles are great, right? Like, a miracle is a miracle is a miracle. But, but in verse 11, I see God doing extraordinary miracles. Like, this is not common. You just don't see this. And yet it's happening through Paul. Now, the NIV doesn't show this to you, but Greek shows it to you. Some of you have ESV. I think ESV shows this to you. But um, in verse 11, it says God did extraordinary miracles through Paul. It, it actually reads, literally, God did extraordinary miracles through the hands of Paul. 
through Paul's hands. So I'm seeing here that Paul laid his hands on people and he could cure them of sickness through the power of God. He could cast out demons, like laying his hands on people. Now, NIV doesn't kind of glosses that a little bit, but, but it's right there. His hands were laid on people. But then it even got so profound that, that, that either people were taking his handkerchief or he was sending his handkerchief. It doesn't tell us. Luke doesn't give us that detail. So you can kind of think about it yourself. Well, how did that work? But it, it got to the point where, you know, Paul's a tent maker. He's working with leather. He's wearing an apron. He could take off his work apron at the end of the day. And if it was sent to somebody with a, with a demonic spirit, it would leave just based on the fact that that was his work apron, you know? Like that, that touch was so powerful in the spirit that that's, that could do that. Now, I am not recommending uh, you order a prayer mat from some preacher on TV that's going to bless it and send it your way and all, all your prayers are going to come true. That, that's superstitious. That, that's, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about at this time, God was doing some extraordinary things he doesn't normally do through Paul. I mean, I even wonder if, you know, if it's like the woman who, who said, if I just touch Jesus' garment, I'll be cleansed. Like, normally Jesus laid hands on people, or, or like he, people approached him and knelt down. But there was that one woman that says, if I can just touch his clothing, I'll be healed. And that was enough. And so God is doing some extraordinary things like that that I don't think we're going to see repeated like that. But here it is. It makes me wonder if someone just like, hey, there's this handkerchief, grab it. You know, I, I have no idea. I have no idea. But there was real faith and a real movement of God through Paul. Now, this was catching the attention of seven guys who were hoping to also do some amazing things. Now, here we get into magic. Uh, you have these seven sons of Siva. So we are in, um, we are now in past 11, and we are in verse 13. There were some Jews who went around driving out evil spirits, trying to invoke the name of the Lord Jesus over those who were demon-possessed. And they would say, in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches, I command you to come out. These are seven sons of Siva, the Jewish chief priest. So let me say a couple things about these sons. We have no record of a Jewish high priest named Siva. There's no record of a guy with that name. So, some people think, well, maybe Luke put that in there because it's kind of like the title they claimed, you know, like to get famous. Kind of like the great Houdini, you know? Like, like, like you know what I mean? Like, like people, charlatans, could, I'm not saying Houdini's a charlatan, he's an illusionist, he's escape artist, right? But, but I'm saying when people want to claim to be something they're not, they might claim the title of doctor, even though they have no Ph.D., right? They're just a charlatan, and these guys are claiming to be something. Now, the other way to look at this is maybe there was a family member of the high priest named Siva. That's possible, too. I kind of lean towards these guys are faking it, you know? These guys are going around trying to make a name for themselves, these seven sons of Siva. Now, what they do is they think we're going to use Jesus' name for profit because we see Paul doing it. We can make some money off this. We can make a name for ourselves off this. So number one, let's, let's say this. Number one, we'll put the point up. <clears throat> the promise of magic is supernatural knowledge or power apart from a relationship with God. Apart from. Like, like you know as a Christian, you can pray to God and he can give you power. 
You can pray to God. He can give you knowledge of something that you need. He'll give wisdom freely. That's the kind of God we serve. He loves filling us with supernatural power. But people who practice magic are seeking that apart from God. They want the power. They want the knowledge. But it's a darkness. It's demonic. It's wrong. And and so so, there's no relationship with God here. These guys are going around and it's like, they have found the magic word. They found a new name to invoke. It's abracadabra. All you got to say is, Jesus, by the name of Jesus, come out. We know the name. Did they have a relationship with Jesus? I, no, it doesn't seem like they do. But they found the word, and they're going to use the word. In an ancient culture... Knowing names is, is very important. Being able to name somebody, it, it's kind of, there is a sense of power in names. I mean, they didn't even want to pronounce, Jewish people didn't even want to pronounce God's name, Yahweh. We're not even sure it's pronounced Yahweh, because they wouldn't pronounce it. It was so sacred, they wouldn't pronounce it. And, and all I got to do is pop in a PG-13 movie, and I got Jesus all over the place, but they're not talking about my Jesus, you know? They're just swearing. Like, like, I look at this and I'm like, maybe we ought to take the name of Jesus a little more seriously. These guys misused Jesus' name. They used it for a magic spell. And look what happened to them. The, the demon-possessed guy jumped all over them. Maybe we ought to hold Jesus' name in higher regard in how we use it. The promise of magic, though, is... Supernatural knowledge or power. You know, wh- why do people get into, why do people become a Wiccan? Why do we get into spell casting? Because I want control, more control in my life. Why do you consult a psychic? Because I want to know what's going to happen in my future. I need to know, and since God's not telling me, I'm going over here and I'm going to find my answers. Since I can't control this, I'm going to look into spell casting because God's not getting it done. You see what I mean? You see why it's an insult and abomination to God to go this direction? Let me give you a couple verses, again, to show why it's so insulting to God that we would pursue real magic. Again, kids, I'm not talking about fake magic. I'm talking about real, like supernatural power from a demon magic. Okay, that's what I'm talking about. Okay, a couple verses. Here, here's one. Uh, we got it? Yeah, Ephesians. Ephesians 5.11. Take no part... In the unfruitful works of darkness. Ah, it's not the one I want. I'm sorry. Let's go back. I want, do I have Deuteronomy 29, 29? Don't have it? Fell off my notes? Okay. Let me read it to you. Write this down. Deuteronomy 29, 29. The secret things belong to the Lord our God. But the things that are revealed belong to us and our children forever, that we may do all the words of his law. I, I take it, Deuteronomy 29, 29 says, there are some things that God knows, secret things, that I'm not supposed to know. He hasn't told me. And so I can, I can consult a psychic, but he doesn't want me to know what's going to happen to me next week. He's purposefully not told me. Now, I do know how history is going to end. I've read the book of Revelation. But he hasn't told me all the details of my life. He knows I'm supposed to trust him. But whatever he has revealed... Is good enough for me. What he has revealed is good enough. What we can discover through science, that's good enough. What we can learn, great. 
but not through supernatural dark power. Don't go there. He hasn't told you those secret things. The second verse I would give you, um, and, and you could write this one down too, Second Peter 1.3, goes like this. His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. God's power has given you everything you need that pertains to life and godliness. Think about that. Whatever you think you gain by magic, God has already given you all that you need. You don't need a spell. You need His power. Now, it even says how we get that power. It says in the last part of that verse, 2 Peter 1.3, through the knowledge of Him who called us to His own glory and excellence. Through my knowledge of Jesus, I have everything I need for this life to live in a godly way. I don't need the secret things. I don't need the dark arts. I don't need magic. I have what I need through Christ. So it's an insult to him that I would go elsewhere for power or for knowledge. So let me just make a little application here. Do not desire what the Lord has forbidden. That's the application. Don't desire. I mean, God has said, I didn't tell you this. You can go somewhere and, and, and consult and, and do some things over here, but don't do it. I've forbidden it. Don't desire it. Stay away from it. Number two. Second point. The product of magic is spiritual, emotional, or physical hurt. If you look at our text again, Seven sons of Siva, verse 15. One day, the evil spirit answered them. So apparently they're going around trying to cast demons out. They know the magic word. The magic word is Jesus. We're going to use that name even though we don't know him personally. We don't have a relationship with him, but we're just going to use the name. Um, And so they're using his name. And one day, the spirit answered them and said, Jesus I know, Paul I know, but who are you? Then the man who has the evil spirit jumps on them, overpowers them, gives them such a beating they run out of the house naked and bleeding. And so I'm reading this and I'm going, okay, what do I see here? I see seven guys versus one guy. And that one guy, because he had a demon, overpowered the seven. I mean, that is supernatural power. That is power. To beat up seven guys like that, take their clothes, send them running out of the house, happy to be alive at that moment. And I think it's included to to give a warning to us. The product of magic is spiritual, emotional, or physical hurt. It's going to hurt you. It doesn't always hurt you the same way. I mean, in this case, yeah, it's physical hurt. They got beat up. And yes, I'm not going to tell the stories, but I do know people who have gotten hurt by playing around with demonic activity. I I know. I've heard the stories. I'm not going there because I'm not into scaring people, but, but it's like, it's true. This is enough to tell me it's true. But, by the way, this is not the only demon-possessed guy that had superhuman strength. Remember the demoniac in the tombs that Jesus confronted? It said he had superhuman strength as well. Okay, so then let's talk about the emotional pain that you get from this. I want you to think about when you encounter something like this, there is real fear and anxiety. You're scared. And that's one of the things, uh, that's one of the reasons kids mess around with it. You know, they, they heard like a magic spell you can say in the mirror and, and, and something can happen. Don't do it. 
like you're looking for a little cheap thrill, a little scare. But real demonic activity is that way. It does produce fear. They want to scare you. I, I preached a message in youth ministry one year on magic and, and not getting involved in it. And, and there was a girl who came to youth group the next week after I preached this message. And she had just been to a, uh, a ceremony that involved witchcraft. I'm not sure if it was Wiccan. The years have gone by. But she was involved in some sort of occultic ceremony. And something had happened. Again, I'm not, I'm not telling the story to scare, but something had happened. And she came to youth group early that night and told me what had happened. And I immediately grabbed another youth leader, took her into a private room, and we just prayed over her to, to be free of that, not to be fearful based on what had happened to her, to completely sever ties to that, to be done with it. Because you don't want to mess around with it. It's that there is a, but but I, I guess I say that because she came in and she was terrified because of what she just experienced. Um, that's the product of magic. It, it, it tries to scare you. Now I can also tell you something about fear. I, I I've talked to people and I've sensed spiritual darkness in their life. Only once did I sense that there was demonic activity going on that that, that I could see happening. And I always thought that if I ever encountered something like that, that I would be scared. I mean, you kind of think like that's something I encounter every day. I'm not an exorcist, you know. Um, but I wasn't. And I'm not saying I never will be scared. You know, I'm not saying that. But I'm saying in that moment, the Spirit of God just gave a peace. And I was able to pray for this person. I was able to see God intervene for this person. Maybe you would be surprised how the Spirit of God drives out fear from you as well if you ever find yourself in that situation. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. I'm saying we don't have to fear, even though they want to do that to you. Um, lastly, I, there's a spiritual component here. You know, so, so what? You do something magical. Maybe you don't get hurt physically. Maybe emotionally you're fine with it, and you're like, what's the big deal? There is just spiritual harm that is done by consulting a supernatural force that's not God. There's harm that is done spiritual harm. You're walking this path of darkness and deception instead of in the light with Christ. And so if if nothing else, I can say spiritually, don't do it. It's taking you away from Christ. Now, uh, one more example I'll give you, because I I know some of you are thinking this right now, but there are so many charlatans who, who do this for a living, it's not all like real magic, and I get it. Think about the physical harm or just think about the, the damage that's done by paying for psychics, you know? Like, I, I get it. I know they're not all real. But consider this. I looked this up this week. Um, the psychic industry is a $1.9 billion industry. I mean, $1.9 billion. I mean, if you're a psychic for someone in the corporate world, or as they like to call themselves, an intuitive counselor, you know, they can make up to $800 an hour. An hour. Like certainly you've seen Dateline and these different news shows expose people who are just playing people for money. You're losing money on this. Some corporate leaders I've read, read the articles, read the reports, can spend $10,000 a month for the services of a psychic. 
And we have the Lord God Almighty who knows exactly what's going to happen to you tomorrow. Why? Why? My application here is, is really simple. I think I've said it already. Don't mess around with anything that's of the occult. If you don't know for sure if this is real or not, and it kind of blurs the line, don't mess with it. I'd say to young people, if someone invites you to a ceremony and you know there's a witchcraft component, a Wiccan component, something, and they say, oh, we're not harming anybody, these are good spells, you know, for good things in your life. Don't go. Just don't go. You're on vacation, there's the psychic little, the little, the stand, you know, the little, the little uh, storefront. Don't go in. Don't support it. Even if it is, you think, entertainment purposes only, and they are charlatans, don't do it. Don't open the door. Okay, I talked about not opening the door. Here's my last point. I want to keep the door closed here. Um, the last point is, the power of the occult is broken. The power of magic is broken by the Holy Spirit through repentance. Now, here's what happens. When this demon-possessed guy beats up these would-be exorcists, it says in verse uh, 17, when this became known to the Jews and the Greeks living in Ephesus, they were seized with fear. I think that's a good fear. I think that's kind of like a fear of the Lord, you know? Like, that's a good thing. And the name of the Lord Jesus was held in high honor. The name of Jesus was held in high honor. Oh, I'd love for that to be what we do in this country, to hold Jesus' name in high honor, not misuse it like we see everywhere. Uh, Many of those who believe now came and openly confessed what they had done. A number who practiced sorcery brought their scrolls together and burned them publicly. This reminds me so much, and some of you have heard this story. I'm going to say it again. I will never forget a girl from my worship team. She led worship in my youth ministry when I was in high school, and she repented of her sin, and, and she in front of the whole student body, said, I've been practicing witchcraft and the books are in my locker and we're going to burn them today. You know? And we're like, yeah, you know, we burned them that day. Like, I was there. And then she went into ministry. It's like, um, and I thought, you're leading worship on Wednesday night to Jesus and what are the other six days you're practicing witchcraft? What? And I read this and I had the same feeling. Like, I'm reading this going, so once this happened, Christians were like, whoa, we're Christians. We shouldn't have witchcraft books in our house. Let's get them out of here. And they got rid of them, and they didn't sell them. It says they were worth like, what was it, 50,000 pieces of silver? You know, 50,000 drachmas or 50,000 pieces of silver. Like, this stuff is expensive. These scrolls, these magical scrolls, but they just burned them because they hated it. They hated it. But again, I'm just shocked that it's kind of like, after this all happens, it's like, Hey, honey, can you go home and get our scroll? We're going to get rid of that today. You know, it's like, what? Like, you believe in Jesus and you've got this in your house? And maybe that should be the wake up for some of us. Maybe you say, I believe in Jesus and I have a Ouija board in my house? What? I believe in Jesus and I have a book on herbal magic in my house? What? It's not compatible with my faith. I got to repent. If you want to break the power of darkness and magic in your life, only the Holy Spirit can do that, and he does it through your repentance. Do you see that here? They repented. Drag the books out, bring them into the open, burn them. It's just like what Ephesians says. You know, you've got to drag things into the light. Everything exposed by the light becomes visible. That's what we do. We repent. We turn. We burn the item. We get rid of it. 
you want to get free, again, let me say it one more time. The Holy Spirit does it through repentance. Uh, application point, we'll put that up here. Um, repent of your past involvement or current involvement with the occult. Maybe it's been years since you've dabbled in anything like that, but you never repented of it. Do it. Repent of it. Get it done. Um, it might not be really done, whatever door that you've opened in your life. Okay. Now, for those of you, I said, some of you, you figured this out a long time ago, how you believe about magic, not wanting to be a part of real magic sorcery. What do I have for you today? If you've already figured this out, I want you to think about something. Is it possible that you treat your relationship with God like magic? Okay? Is it possible that in your relationship with God that doesn't include sorcery of any kind, that's all out of your life, is it possible that you treat God like magic? Let me put it this way. Seven sons of Siva. We don't know Jesus, but we want to use his name to get what we want. Fame. Fortune. We're going to use the magic word Jesus. You're seeking control without relationship. Let me give you examples of what I mean. You ever told yourself, if you missed your devotions in the morning, that you were going to have a terrible day? Because certainly, if you don't do devotions, your day's going right downhill from there. You ever done that? I have. Have you ever thought, if I just used the right words in prayer, God would certainly do what I'm asking Him? I just need the right words. Or, you say, another version of this is, if I just prayed enough. I heard someone say that. I heard an older Christian say that. Someone that has known the Lord for years said, if I just prayed more, this wouldn't have happened. Really? So do you see God with a stopwatch in the sky? And he says, you didn't hit the 60-minute mark, so the answer is no? I mean, that's what kids do with their parents. They try to wear you down. You know how you do, kids. Like, you know, they go to mom 50 times, and the 51st time she's like, fine, you can have it. Take the cookie. Fine. But some of you import that into your relationship with God. Now, that doesn't mean stop asking, by the way. Jesus says persevering in prayer is beautiful. You can pray for someone for years to get saved. Don't stop. But do you think that if you hit a magic number, it's just going to happen? Because you did enough. That's magic. I saw a popular Christian movie recently where a person prayed and addressed the devil in prayer. I don't ever see the Bible telling us to address the devil in prayer. Do you do that? I don't recommend it. Now, maybe I'm wrong and God's going to say, yeah, you can address the devil. You know, if, if, if we can, the Bible doesn't tell me to, so why am I doing it? Why would I address the devil in that way when I can talk to the God who has power over him? You know? Like, talk to the Father like Jesus did. Um, let's see if I have some other examples of magic. Um, you ever make deals with God? And you think, God... I've been very obedient to you, but you certainly haven't straightened out my life yet. That's magic. Like you think, if I just hit the obedience factor right, if I just have enough days of of, of consecutive obedience to God, he's going to come through and do whatever I want him to do. 
I know a guy in ministry that thought, I'm pursuing purity in my life, and that's going to reward me with a better marriage relationship from God. And there were still a lot of rocky moments in that guy's marriage. And he told me, I thought I was making a deal here, you know, purity. Now, don't get me wrong, God loves blessing the obedient. Don't get me wrong, that's the kind of God he is. But look at what's underneath all of that. Do you do what you do with God as a way to control him? That's magic. Or do you do what you do with God because you love him? That's relationship. If I serve my wife because I hope I get something out of it, there's some selfish motive there, you know? But if I serve my wife because I love her, that's relationship. That's romantic. That's how it works. And the same is true with God. I do devotions because I love Him, not because I need a better day. Because I love Him. Finally, for you parents, you say, it showed all those pictures at the beginning, Niall, of all those different magical things. What in the world is up with that? Okay? All right, all right. Um, What would I say about pop culture, Harry Potter, Pokemon, you know, you name it, Star Wars, you know, how do you figure these things out? What about entertainment? This is my last thing I'm going to say here. How do you discern if a media choice is good for you and your family? I'd say you need to ask questions about that media choice. I'll give you some examples of good questions I think about when I'm making a decision. Uh, we can put the questions up there. I would ask the question, what's the source of the magic? Is the source of the magic demonic? Well, that's not going to fly. That's not going to be good. You know, Lord of the Rings doesn't quite have, Gandalf doesn't have the same feel that I get when I read this in the scripture and see the reality of magic. It just looks different to me. Uh, Does this portrayal of magic obscure the difference between good and evil? Can you not tell what's good and what's evil with this magic? You know, again, I, I think Star Wars, it's like at least I know here's good, here's evil, and there's a line between them. I'm not saying go out and watch it, you all need to be a part, you know, I'm just saying, Does it show the difference between good and evil? What is the worldview assumption behind this magic? What's happening behind what's going on? What is the worldview of their promoting through that magic? And lastly, I would really pay attention to this. Because you can have something that seems very innocent and harmless, but the question is, if it stirs up a curiosity for the occult in your kids, then no. I don't care how good it is. If my kids are more interested in true magic and witchcraft, no way. I don't care how fantasy-oriented it is. Those are just some of the questions I would say you should ask yourself when you make a decision. I'm saying this is an area in between the two extremes. What do we do with pop culture and magic? Um, So I'm going to call the worship team up. I don't see my wife at the moment, though. Is she in the building? She might have had to step out. Okay, I'm going to close then. Um, I want to close. You do, Andy? Come on up. Come on up. Thank you. Um, Let me pray for you. We're going to sing, and I pray that this is your heart. The chains would be broken. Lord Jesus, I pray for anyone here that is mixed up in the occult that you would break those chains, that there would be repentance today. I pray that somebody that's mixed up in it would come forward today to me and ask for prayer 
and become released from this. Burn the books. Get rid of the garbage and be truly free. Would you do that this morning, Father, in someone's life? In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.